All right. We have shade. So buckle up. Just kidding. Promise that'll be the last time I use that joke ever again on time. Um, all right. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I am, thank you for the one person in the back. <laughs> Who was that? Nicole? Appreciate it. Um, well, I am very privileged to be able to preach again this morning, uh, so soon after the last time. Um, are we okay on this? Sorry, James, you might need to adjust the, um, so I, I felt it fitting, you know, that we return to, to Hebrews again, uh, as I have this opportunity to, to preach again. Um, again, just so much good stuff in the book of Hebrews. And so this morning, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 3. And we're going to be looking at the topic of faith. And there's just going to be two uh, main, like, overarching uh, things that we're going to look at this morning. The first is just what is faith, what faith is. And then secondly, how to live by faith. What faith is and how to live by faith from Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. And I think it's so relevant for us today because the vast majority of people, uh, the world, society, has lost faith, have they not? We've lost faith in the government. We've lost faith in law enforcement. We've lost faith in even humanity, right, as we see all these hate crimes and everything going on around us. Many of us, uh, many people have even lost faith in, you know, organized religion. And so as a whole, uh, we have lost faith as a people. Society has lost faith. And so maybe some of you here today are in that place. Maybe some of you have lost faith in some way, shape, or form. And know that God has brought you here for a reason and a purpose. For your faith to be renewed this morning. For your faith to be refreshed this morning to be reminded of what faith is and how to live by faith. And so if you haven't already, turn with me to Hebrews 11 and follow along as I read verse 1 to 3. Hebrews 11 verses 1 to 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, this space, God, for the shade that we can um, just come here and find refuge in you. God, we thank you for your word. God, just for how it calls us to live and what it reminds us of. And so, God, this day, I pray that you would remind us through your word, through your spirit's Uh, prompting and convicting to just remind us what faith is, true biblical faith, and how to live by faith, God. So Lord, I pray that you would just use me uh, to encourage, to challenge my brothers and sisters. And again, by your Spirit's power, would you convict where you see fit. God bless our time that we have to come before your word. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. So again, what faith is and how do we live by faith? Uh, look at verse 1. First, what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we see here that faith is twofold. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. 
First, the assurance of things hoped for. Uh, this word assurance in the Greek is hypostasis. You don't need to really know that or remember that. But uh, the meaning of hypostasis uh, of this assurance in the Greek is actually reality. Right? So the reality of things hoped for. Faith is the reality of things hoped for. The Old Testament saints that uh, the writer of Hebrews lists out, as we kind of touched upon the other week, this hall of faith passage in, in uh, chapter 11, they all had to believe in the reality of this hope of a promised Messiah that will come one day to, uh, you know, save God's people. It was this idea that they were so certain of that it became a reality for them, that it was the reality of something that was going to come to pass and happen in the future. I like this quote by MacArthur. He says, it's living in a hope that is so real, it gives absolute assurance. Living in a hope so real that it gives absolute assurance. And so the biblical example for this is found in verse 26. If you kind of look ahead, chapter 11, verse 26, the life of Moses, it says, He, being Moses, considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He was looking to the reward. You see, Moses could look out and see his reality. He could see the reality of the the pyramids of Egypt. He could see it and feel it and and all his senses could could touch it. He could feel the regal clothes that he could wear. He could taste the the amazing feasts and banquets of the food that Egypt had to offer. Again, he could see the vast empire that he could be a part of all the treasures and the wealth. Yet because he had an assurance, because his greater reality of what was in front of him was the hope of Jesus Christ and a redeeming Messiah, he was able to live by faith and leave all that behind, leave Egypt behind and be obedient to God's word and his commands. It's crazy to think that Moses displayed this kind of faith even though it was some 1,400 years before that promise would come to pass, before that reality would come to pass uh, after his death and Christ was born. Secondly, faith is the conviction of things not seen. So just belief is, is one thing, but conviction takes it a step further. Right? It goes beyond belief to where uh, you, know, you actually live it out when the rubber meets the road. You could say you believe something, but until it's tested, until uh, there's, you know, um, a struggle or a trial, that's when it really uh, becomes action. And if you don't have conviction, then at the first sign of difficulty, struggle, trial, discomfort, then yeah, you're just going to bail out because you don't really have true conviction of that belief, that faith. The biblical example for this is Noah. Uh, Look at verse 7 of chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet what? Unseen. In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. It's crazy to think that at the time of Noah, you know, 
rain may not have even have been a thing that had happened, let alone a, a crazy storm and a flood of that magnitude. They were things and events yet unseen. Even the idea of an ark, you know, people in those times, they kind of, where they were is kind of where they stayed. And so even the idea of venturing out across oceans, you know, boats may not have even been a thing, let alone this giant ark that was big enough to house two of every creature and Noah and his family. Yet Noah's faith, his conviction of things not seen, allowed him to endure through the ridicule and the persecution that he probably encountered by his friends and neighbors as they just looked at him like, Noah, you're crazy. What are you doing talking about this water that's going to fall from the sky so much that, you know, we're going to just be covered in it? That's insane. What, what are you doing building this boat the size of, you know, a football field? That's ridiculous. But because of Noah's faith, because of his conviction in things yet unseen, because of the reality of God's word being true allowed him to endure through that and to live by faith. You see, who or what we put our faith in is of the utmost importance. I gave a few examples uh, in the kind of intro of this idea of, of things that we've lost our faith in. And those are all things that are based on man and, and based on man's establishment, are they not? And so if you put your faith in man, in things, they will fail you. They are imperfect and they are flawed. Right? If we put our faith in a, a government or a leader, then they're going to disappoint us. If we put our faith in our spouse or significant other, they're sinful, they're flawed, they're human, they're going to disappoint us, they're going to fail us. If we put our faith in our job, our our you know, financial security, our portfolio, our 401k, these kind of things, we'll lose them. We'll lose our job. The stock market, stock market could crash. Those things could easily be lost in an instant. And so we need to remember that faith is in God, the one who is eternal, the one who is almighty, who will not fail us, who does not change. That is the God that we put our faith in. Not man and not the things of man. If you look at verse 2, it says, For by it, by it being faith, the people of old received their commendation. So what is faith? What faith is? Faith is also a means of salvation. Faith is a means of salvation. It always has been and always will be since the foundations of the earth. That is how God gave his righteousness, his salvation, his stamp of approval, right? The commendation that was received to all these saints of old that are detailed out in chapter 11 and still for us today. And it's important to know that and be reminded of that because in the context, these first century Jews, they, uh, you know, were coming from this idea of the old law and the old covenant and a very works-based religion. And then now they're being told about the new covenant and Jesus Christ and faith and grace. And so it's difficult for them. They oftentimes fell back into that old covenant. And you mix that with, uh, you know, these religious leaders, quote unquote, religious leaders who are just so legalistic and telling them you have to do this and this and this 
And that's the only way you could be saved. But no, we see here that faith is the means of salvation. It's not about ourselves. It's all about faith in a good and powerful God. God honors faith. God looks for faithful men and women to use. Yes, there's a place for works. They're a result of faith, a byproduct. But it's not what saves us. It's not a means of salvation. And so as we see from this first portion, these first couple verses, that faith is both the way to life and a way of life. Faith is the way to life and a way of life. Hebrews 10.38 says, But my righteous one shall live by faith. My righteous one shall live by faith. And so we're going to transition into the second portion of the message and looking at what, you know, how, how to live by faith. And that's where we're going to spend the, the bulk of uh, the rest of the time. How do we live by faith? I believe the answer is found in verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by what? The word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. I believe that in order to live by faith, we need to live by the word of God, according to God's word. We see in Genesis, the creation account. We read about how God was eternal, you know, existed before all things. And it was so powerful that he just spoke things into existence. The uncreated one created things out of nothing. He spoke, and we believe that in faith. We believe that he created man and woman. We believe that he created uh, the earth and the seas, the sky and the heavens. We believe that in faith. And so because we believe that, I believe that God, in order for us to live by faith, we need to live according to his word, according to what he has spoken according to what he has given us in the Bible. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. God has spoken his commandments and his promises, and we must obey them. And as we do that, I believe that we'll see our faith grow and be more assured and more convicted. So again, living by faith means living by his word. And so let me ask you that. How are you living by God's word? How are you living by faith according to God's word? And as I was preparing for this, I wasn't even thinking about the big things per se, but really just the everyday little things. Are you living according to God's word, living by faith in obedience to that? Are you living by faith, uh, you know, to tithe consistently? Because when we tithe, We live by faith and put our faith in God that he will provide and he cares for us. Micah 3. Are you living by faith by serving at church? Because when you do that, you put your faith in God that he has gifted you with certain talents and abilities and you're not just supposed to sit on faith by not lusting. Their life and they into your life for a specific reason and purpose to minister to them, to grow in your faith. Matthew 5 and Matthew 22. Are you living by faith, coming to church regularly? 
or logging onto Zoom regularly. Because when you do that, you live by faith by uh, declaring that you need to be in community. That you need us in your life and we need you in our lives. Hebrews 10. I believe that if we live by faith in, in all these different smaller aspects of our life, then when the bigger things in life come, the bigger tests of faith come, then we'll able, be able to endure them. When our faith is truly tested, our faith will un, be unwavering. And we're not any strangers to, to these big things as well, are we not? I know that many of you are struggling with anxiety and depression. Are you living by faith, believing God's word that what he says is true, that he loves and cares for you, that he wants you to cast your anxiety upon him, that God will redeem this dark season of your life for his glory and for his purpose? Do you believe that in faith? Because it says that in God's word. Also think about people like Jay. You know, many of us are very familiar with his health issues this past summer. And just to, it was so encouraging to see uh, the tremendous faith that he had in living through that season, just trusting in God's word that, you know, he's got his life in his hands. And so to hear him say, you know, that he was trying to just, um, you know, talk about his faith in God to the, the nurses and the medical staff and everything like that, just to, to be praying together with him was just an amazing thing to see his faith in the midst of that uncertainty. And now more so, you know, with the Kamadas uh, within the past month. Similarly, just a tremendous amount of faith that they're living by as they are trusting in God's word, you know, that, that, uh, that God loves Emerson and cares for him more than they ever could. And so they're committing Emerson and his health into God's hands because that's what God's word says they are to do. Yes, as Matt shared last week, they question God. Similar to Job, God, why is this happening? Why would you do this? But yet, even in the midst of all that, their faith has not wavered. And it has been a tremendous encouragement. You see, when we live by faith, we can endure the suffering, the pain, the trials, the difficult things of life. The things of this world, knowing that there is a promise for ultimate and final rest and peace and joy in the reward of heaven. Could, you know, another tumor come back for Jay? Yes, absolutely. Could uh, Emerson's uh, levels go up and, and, you know, could it come back when he's older? Absolutely. We can't say that for certain. But yet we know as a body of Christ and Jay and the Kamadas know that their greater reality of who God is and what heaven has is greater than the reality in front of them that uh, medicine can tell them and what their eyes tell them. Faith gives us spiritual eyes to see beyond the reality of the things of this world. And that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5-7 that we live by faith, not by sight. As I was thinking about this and preparing this message, I was just asking the Lord, you know, Lord... Uh, Reveal to me areas in my life where I have failed to live by faith. Uh, just show me areas in my life where, you know, I'm not living according to your word, living by faith. And as I was preparing, the, the thing that he kept bringing to mind as I was praying about this, asking him, was 
that I have failed to live by faith in evangelizing the lost. I have failed to live by faith in evangelizing the lost. You know, I, um, I see people like Mike and Jen hear stories and talk to guys like Ted and D'Amico, and it is just mind-blowing how they live by faith in evangelizing the lost and sharing the gospel. Right? That's what God's word calls us to do, and so that's what they're doing. And I just, I hear these stories of these interactions with, you know, women outside of salt and straw or, you know, just people that they come into contact with on the streets or at the gas station and they're handing out the gospel of John and things like that. And I'm like, man, I don't have any stories like that, you know? God, I have failed to live by faith, to evangelize the lost, to share the gospel with those around me. And so that's why I think God has really... Um, prompted me to try and really be intentional as I have this opportunity now at REI to, to really seek to minister to, to share the gospel with, to share about my faith, uh, share about this church with my coworkers there, pray for them when I can, things like that. And if we're honest, you know, my guess would be that some of you feel the same way as I do. Maybe even in the same area of evangelizing the lost. Uh, or it could be any number of other reasons or other ways, areas of your life that you are failing to live by faith, failing to live according to God's word. And so I want us to kind of transition from looking at our lives as individuals to um, our lives as a church. And what does that look like for City Bible Church for us to live by faith as a body of Christ? Because... If we do live by faith as City Bible Church, then realistically, sky's the limit. Remember what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew? He said, if you have faith, then you can move mountains. Right? How awesome does that sound? I want to move mountains. I hope you do too. I hope that's why you're at this church. Right? Because here we are in downtown LA, this mountain that is this city, and all the darkness and sin that comes with it. And yet God is calling us that if we would have faith, then we can move mountains. I firmly believe that if we live by faith, then God can use us to take ground from the enemy, take ground from the kingdom of darkness, and that he can move mountains and do mighty things through our church. Amen? 2 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 talks about how God has prepared things that we can't even imagine that we would just walk in those things. And so based on that, um, I think there's two things that the Lord wants, uh, wants to call us as a church to really live by faith in doing for the remainder of this year as we go forward. The first thing is prayer. I think God wants us to live by faith in, in praying faithfully, in praying in faith, praying for big things that are well outside of our abilities and our control. Again, kind of going back to things with the commodities. I mean, what a tremendous encouragement it was, you know, I think for us as leadership that Chris is going to do. Right? Because these things are, are so outside our, our control. We don't know what venues we're going to get. We don't know who's going to come out, but we're going to pray for those things. 
We're going to pray that God would bring people out, that God would prompt people to be interested in it. We're going to pray that that new people come to these things and learn about and hear about our church and hear about the gospel. How are we going to do that? I want to encourage and challenge each of you guys to be present at pre-service prayer. Around 9.30 up here in the back, uh, there's usually a group of people that meet for pre-service prayer. And some of you may not even know this, but each small group is technically like assigned a week in the month where you're encouraged to particularly come. But I want to challenge you well beyond that, even if it's not your small group's week. If you're not helping out with setup, worship team, something like that, man, commit to being here early, to praying for service and praying for these things. Every few uh, couple months or so, we have our town hall and prayer meeting. I want to challenge each of you to be present at that so that we could all as a body be praying in faith for these upcoming events, for these big undertakings that we have as a church. It's only going to happen through pow- uh, the power of prayer. I believe that any great work, any revival begins with prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14, God says, If my people you know, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. God, I think, was calling us to pray and pray big for these things, to be unified in that as a church, to live by faith in praying for these big things. Second thing, kind of tied to my, my personal sharing, and, and, and really tied to prayer even, is evangelism. Evangelism. I want us to live by faith as a church in the, uh, the rest of this year, and obviously for the rest of our lives, but really to push for that and to focus on that and be intentional with that as we go forward this year. Can we be unapologetic about sharing the gospel with our coworkers and our non-believing friends and family? Can we be unashamed of the gospel before our friends and family and coworkers and classmates. I want us to be intentional to invite people to church. I'm looking forward again, like I said, to Cerritos opening back up, right? Because that creates a whole nother pocket of people that you could hopefully invite where if they're a little more based out that way, then you can easily invite them to Cerritos. We're going to change our mindset as we go out to lunch afterwards or as we go out to dinner afterwards. It's not going to be, yeah, we will get a good meal. We will be able to talk and fellowship with friends, catch up from the week. But I want us to change our mindset to be very intentional as we go out for lunch, that God is going to use us and wants to use us to evangelize, use us to reach people that we come into contact with. So don't just be thinking, what am I going to order Who am I going to talk to and hang out with? But be thinking, God, who are you going to place in front of me to share the gospel with? Who are you going to place in front of me to invite to our church? Is it the person that's taking my order? Is the person that's dropping off our food? Is it people at the table next to us? Right? Because if we're just open and we're present out there, then God can take that and use that. If we believe in faith that God is going to set up divine appointments as we go out to these things, then he will.
I want us to participate and engage with people in the Little Tokyo tours and the book tours, right? As Kyle shared, we're calling everybody to participate and be a part of this, to invite people to it, to come, not just, again, for the purpose of being able to hang out, try some good food, go to the Janna Museum, whatever it may be. But God, I am coming to this. I am sacrificing my Saturday. I am giving of my time because I know that you have a greater purpose for me being here, that there's going to be somebody that's going to come to this that I'm going to talk to and engage with and invite to church and share my testimony with and share the gospel with. As we do this as a church body, as we surround ourselves with each other and people that are living by faith and unified in that, you know, we'll see their lives, we'll hear their testimony, and that too will further, uh, you know, just establish our foundation of faith in our own lives, that we would become more assured, more convicted. And I think it will encourage us to take steps of faith, you know, as we see our brothers and sisters uh, you know, sharing the gospel with others, inviting people out. Man, that's going to be a catalyst for us to do the same thing. And as each of our faith is strengthened and grown, I believe that we'll be a force that the enemy cannot overtake. Amen? So as we close this morning, I pray that as individuals and as City Bible Church, that we would be a people that live by true biblical faith. That, that have a firm foundation and assurance and lived out by conviction according to God's word and his promises. May we as a church take steps of faith to walk in the new things that God has for us, that he's calling us to, right? These things that are God-sized, that there's no way they're going to happen or be successful on our own ability, but solely the work of the Spirit through God's power. And as we see God move and work in our lives and in the life of our church, you know, may the world around us, may those around us see, man, who is this God that they would put such radical faith in and that they would be drawn to that and want to know more about that, not for our glory, but for the praise of God's, God's glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Thank you so much just for your word, God, and the reminder of what faith is and how to live by faith, God. God, I pray that you uh, would just search our hearts to reveal to us areas in our life where we have failed to live by faith, where you are calling us to grow in faith. I pray, Lord, that we would know that uh, we are not doing it alone. But God, as we look to our right and to our left, God, we have brothers and sisters just unified and striving for the same thing, to, to have faith and to live by faith. God, as we see so much of the world around us lacking faith with a twisted view of faith, God, may we, as your people, show what true faith is and who we are to truly put our faith in. God, I pray that we would be a people that praise in faith, praise for big things. I pray that we would be a people who live by faith in evangelizing the lost. God, would you use us to further your kingdom? God, would you use us to move this mountain here in L.A. and in Cerritos? 
for the praise of your glory, God. And Lord, now as we transition into a time of communion, as we remember and reflect on your son's sacrifice on the cross, God, I pray that we would uh, really just be able to take a moment to pause and reflect on the faith that you've given us through your son's sacrifice. That we would take a moment to pause and reflect uh, on just salvation that we have through faith in you, by grace alone, by faith alone. I pray that in this time, as we're reminded of your broken body and your shed blood, God, that you would refresh our faith. Remind us of all that you endured so that we could have faith, so that we could live by faith, God. Bless this time, we pray in your name. Amen. So go ahead and take a minute if you want to continue to meditate upon those things. Uh, as the worship team plays a little bit, and, and when you feel uh, ready, you could go ahead and take the communion elements.